Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Thoughtful Talent Show. I'm Jen Werner. And I'm Chad Ahern. In this episode, we want to share with you our insights on the Clifton Strengths <laughs> Talent theme of Deliberative. Chad, what does Gallup say about Deliberative? So the official short version definition of Deliberative is this. Those exceptionally talented in the Deliberative Talent theme are best described by the serious care they take in making decisions or choices. They anticipate obstacles. Yeah, Chad and I both have responsibility and deliberative in our top five. So through our work together, we've come to see that we share an understanding of how this lens of, the, of these two talents specifically have shaped what we do and the way we think about things. So Jen, to start, how does deliberative show up for you? I see it in the constant searching for what could go wrong or what might happen and keeping that from derailing my progress. What about you? Well, I do um, see a lot of uh, concerns and thinking things through way ahead of time. So it's a lot about assessing risk and kind of what's coming over the horizon. Um, Sometimes that can go way too far out and you can sort of overkill it. Um, But it's also one that allows you to think through problems before they are on your doorstep. Yeah, sure. I I think of that um, as it being that thing that helps me think through and planning for all those potential risks, right? So um, what I think is important to know is that that process though takes time for me. Like that, it's not a quick process. Like I need to work at my speed to make sure I go through everything. Yeah, it's definitely um, a time-consuming talent theme to work through. It does have its benefits though, because at least in my life, deliberative has shown up in a, in a positive way that it actually has helped me help others better because it's one of the things that I, one of the town themes I depend on to help push others to really get at sort of the root cause of, um, of their issue. And then sort of approach the question, which is really at the core of deliver, which is what's the worst that can happen. And that's a double-edged sword because the worst that can happen is often what deliberatives will, people with deliberative will focus on. But then when you pose it to a a lot of my coaching clients or people I am around that have deliberative or well, as well, or even those that don't uh, and need that superpower that I have, it's about really pushing them to be like, well, this actually isn't the mountain I'm making it out to be. It's molehill. And so the benefit has really been in helping others come to that place. Um, On the flip side, for me, the pitfall is it can go way overboard very, very quickly. It's a very tough talent theme to hold in sort of a Goldilocks zone. Um, It either goes super strong or I'm not applying it enough and nothing through enough of the risks. So that's kind of the the delicate balance for me. I'm kind of curious, you know, we've had some conversations around deliberative and how that plays out for you. So is there anything in particular that you'd add to that? Yeah, at my worst, and and I'll say that's anytime I'm under stress, right? So like, I I try to be at my best, and I can pause and like, come back to center and, you know, re, re look at that 
question, like what's the worst that can happen? Under normal circumstances, that's a great question. And it's easy to answer. Like, yeah, the world's not going to end tomorrow if this doesn't go the way I think it's going to go. But when I'm super stressed, it puts me at a place where I don't move. Like if I don't make a step, if I don't make a decision, if I don't move forward, nothing can happen. Right. So it's this like paralyzing fear almost that comes from this, like constant looking at the risks and seeing like, if it's too risky, I'm just not going to move. So it, it is definitely a delicate balance and something I have to deal with daily to make sure that I'm not overthinking things. But on the, on the flip side, it's so great because in working with people around me, like they know that I'm already thinking through what could go wrong and will voice it. Like this is going to happen. We, sh- we should be careful here. Yeah. I know in our pre-show conversation, we had talked about how deliberative can sometimes ask a lot of questions. And I'm oh, yeah. sure that's impacted by other talent themes. Like for myself, it's learner is that, you know, leading out in front. That's my number one talent theme. Couple with the the amount of questions going. Know that you would talk a little bit about sort of the the benefit and the pitfall of that component. I'm just wondering if you want to add anything to that thought process or that thread. Well, only, only in that I've seen it in others, right? So it's these like endless questions and you're right. I don't know exactly where that's coming from, but the people that I know who have deliberative, they might be sitting back and thinking, um, you know, like specifically in a meeting, I've seen it where they're taking it all in, they're sitting back, listening intently. And then all of a sudden everyone else is ready to move and we're on board and the deliberative will start asking questions, right? They'll be like, well, what about this? And you said this, but what if this happens? And, and at that point, um, it's, they've been spending all this time collecting that data. They're like, sometimes can even appear unengaged in that case, but they're really looking for like the right place and time and getting all of the information before they make a decision. It's about that, like cautious approach. Let's, let's get it all and then move forward from there. So they're not looking at stopping the progress as much as they're looking at just making sure that everything's been thought out so that when we do start, we can go far and not like stop short because of some, something that happens. Right. Yeah. I I know at times some of the questions I've posed in meetings um, has, have come, have come across as sort of on the worry work in the group Yeah. and that, or, or even sort of that dark cloud, it's not the, the negativity, but it's that, well, he's dampening this enthusiasm that everybody seems to be building up with, but it's really not coming from that place. And I think that's something that, you know, others that need to understand about working with those that have deliberative, you know, your team leader or, or uh, even a colleague, uh, you know, a peer of somebody that has deliberative is that they're not trying to overly worry or be a, a negative influence on a project is that they're trying to find, you know, where, where could this go off the rails? Where could this go astray and then bring us back to a place of, okay, well, we can, we can address that. We know what's coming. This is the appropriate solution or solutions to that particular concern. As long as it's been put on the table, then a deliberative person, a person with deliberative talents usually ended up, ends up being pretty happy. Hey, we've, we've talked about it. We've thought about it. 
And yeah. now we know, now we have an action plan. And so I think that's another thing that um, those that might be listening should really be aware of when thinking about working with somebody with deliberative is the questions don't come from a place of negativity. It's a place of concern and appreciation and wanting to do the best. Yeah, it's funny because just you saying that reminds me of some of our pre-show talk about that imagery around the, the deliberative theme and that talent yeah. and what that looks like. Yeah. Do you want to share your so, so a lot of ideas ask, there? I can definitely talk about the imagery. Um, one of the images that we came up with for was uh, the sense of sort of a watchtower. So if you think about, uh, I'm, I live up here in Vermont. We have beautiful mountains and a number of them have you know, the, the forestry you know, watchtower. I, mean, I think that's a great image to keep in mind is that somebody with deliberate talents is manning that station. They're looking above, you know, above and beyond the horizon to the next hillside or sorry, the next hilltop or into the valleys to see, you know, is there forest fire coming? You know, I know that's a big concern for our, some of our Western uh, right. U.S. colleagues that, you know, they're constantly dealing with, with forest fires, but it's, it's that concern. It's watching the clouds. It's watching the firestorms. It's trying to figure out where things can be addressed early enough so that you save more of the land. And so in a work environment, those are deliberative sit on top of your projects and go, okay, what's the landscape look like and where do we need to build bridges or put fire, you know, fire teams ready to act on a concern or a problematic um, situation. Yeah, that's great. I think of it too. And, and almost like that safety net, right? So you know that, that if you've got a deliberative on your team, like you have that safety net, you have someone who's thinking about what could go wrong and already planning around some ideas and things that might happen. They might not have all of the answers, but they can at least bring to the, to the forefront, like what's happening, what, yeah. what is, what is potentially in front of us that we're going to hit. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring up that front and behind imagery because the third image I was going to contribute, um, is the scene from Top Gun, which may seem like a, a weird one to include in a deliberative conversation, uh, considering it's all about action. But there's the famous scene where Tom Cruise is being um, chased by an enemy aircraft, and he has that famous line, "I'll hit the blur, I'll hit the brakes, and it'll fly right by." And yeah. I think sometimes deliberative, uh, those people with deliberative talents, serve that purpose. Instead of a team being chased by concerns or issues or worries, the deliberative immediately hits the brakes, you know, allows our plane to basically slow down. All the worries then go out in front of us or the concerns or the issues can go out in front. And then even though you're behind in an aircraft flight, you're now on the offense. You're dictating the, the fight. And so now all the issues are out in front of the team and you can go essentially attack them. You can go figure out how you're gonna take those down. And so I think that's another really interesting image for people um, that are working around those with deliberative to keep in mind is that they're not trying to slam the brakes to stop the process. They're slamming the brakes to put everything out in front of them so that then the whole yeah. team can go after it. Um, sure, so. what, what about even in the situations where we find that um, 
we're really thinking ahead, but it might be far-fetched to other people, right? So like, oh. I think you had some other imagery about the far-fetched one, but, but it's really, really important to keep in mind all of the risks just because it's good to like think through and through, right? Yeah. It, I mean, that is the interesting thing about working with deliverative, at least for myself, my deliberative often is thinking about sort of the, sometimes the worst case scenarios that have, you know, 0.1% chance of, of happening, but that have already, in my mind, helped run through those um, situations. And so when they actually end up coming up or pieces of that come up, that you've already thought it through. You've already thought through what the solution is. Um, I, I grew up the son of an airline pilot. And so we were always spending a lot of time in airports. And this is in the 1980s when, you know, terrorism and hijacks and so forth. My deliberative, even as a young kid, was always thinking through like, well, what happens in X, Y, and Z situation? And Yes, it's far-fetched. Yes, it was highly unlikely that my local small airport was going to ever be attacked. But thinking that through allowed me yeah. the comfort to keep going or, or keep making airline travel. The same thing can happen in a team environment. You're thinking about, you know, worst case scenario um, and what that might look like, but then really addressing it and putting it on the table so that others can think about, you know, what's going to happen or who's going to be impacted and whether it's an execution thing or a relationship that you've got to make sure you're being aware of um, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes, many times, the deliberative person might seem like that, like closed off, maybe unapproachable, yeah. negative, or worrywart. <laughs> like you, you used that word before too. And yep. and I think, I think they might not want to move as quickly as everyone else. And and that can be aggravating to the rest of the team to have somebody who is slowing them down, but it's such a wonderful thing to have on your team because it's that person is always out there spotting the risks. Even yeah. if we don't see any, like the rest of the team is ready to go. We've thought we've thought through everything. That deliberative person is always out there sensing and searching for what might happen, the worst case scenario and bringing that to the table, having yeah. that voice and like letting them voice those those concerns really does deepen that trust in the team. Um, you know, if they have that trust with the team, then they will be openly sharing that information. Yeah. Jen, we've talked a little bit, a little bit about how it shows up for us. In my coaching repertoire, I've actually not coached too many other people that have deliberative high, but I know from our previous conversations, you've coached a few. And I'm just wondering, you know, are there other nuances to the deliber deliberative talent or how you've seen others live that out um, in your coaching conversations with some of your clients? It's really been in those people who ask a lot of questions, right? So that's the one thing I can say that I've noticed a lot in, in the other clients that I've coached is that asking a lot of questions, they, they need all the information up front. And I didn't realize that that was things that... Um, I was dealing with too. I think I had thought, you know, <laughs> didn't think that I asked a lot of questions, but, but I do notice that in almost everyone who has deliberative, um, I don't know if that's like a, a mix of deliberative and learner together. Do you know those pairings, Chad? So I know that deliberative shows up quite frequently with responsibility, um, oh, yes. at least in the 
people that I have, you know, the few people that I've had with delivered talents, there's a little further down. Um, but I, I know that that's a, a fairly common pairing. Um, I've, yeah. I've heard from other coaches. Um, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about how this sort of shows up at an individual level. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious now, you know, thinking about teams, you know, you and I coach a number of teams um, or leaders of teams. I'm kind of curious what you think about is sort of the best contribution of deliberative for a team situation versus just trying to live it out on your own or a personal experience that I'm wondering if uh, you might have some thoughts on that. I think knowing and putting it out there that you think about these things, like if you're an individual on a team, like that you think about these things and you think about these like potential risks that might happen and really being able to say to your teammates, like, Hey, I want you to know, like I thought through this, these are the things that might happen. And then for the team, understanding that you have this like superpower on your team, that's able to see these things and keep us from, you know, running a foul and getting ourselves into trouble. Yeah. Uh, those are the two things, really knowing that they have a voice and letting them voice these opinions. It's so important to let them find that space and time to explain this, giving them time to think. Um, that spot on, I don't know if that, if that you've seen that in others with deliberative too, but that like put them on the spot and ask them for a decision right now. If they don't have all of the pieces, that decision may not be as good as it would be if you let them like have some time with it, ruminate, like get yep. through the content that they have and then come back with like, okay, these are the risks, but I think they're, you know, manageable. We can do this and right. then let's move forward. Yeah. I, I would, I would just add to that. One of the other great contributions, I think those with deliberative can make to a team and it kind of builds on what you were saying about giving them the space, um, there's, a, there's a principle, a teamwork principle out there called the 10th man. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of people might have seen or heard of it because of the movie World War Z. But it's actually a real-life principle that uh, particularly this really intelligence community implemented after um, some intelligence failures in the 1970s, um, particularly around uh, when uh, Egypt invaded Israel. And the whole idea of the 10th man is that if there are nine people or if there are 10 people looking at all the same information, nine of them are, have come to an, an easy consensus, particularly if it comes easy, it is mm -hmm. the responsibility of the 10th man to counter, to provide the contrary perspective. And I think that this comes back to the deliberative in that deliberative are often not the only ones that can serve that role, but are uniquely positioned to serve as the 10th, 10th person, 10th man, 10th woman, and really say, wait a second, all of this looks like it's beautifully lined up. Where are the potholes? Where are the hurdles? Where are the speed bumps that we're all going to hit? And if we don't talk about them now, we're all going to look like fools um, when we do, and this whole thing blows up in our face. And so... I think that's a really great superpower that you're highlighting and that you've got to give them the space to then allow them to play that 10th man. Because if you don't provide them the trust and the openness to, yeah. to offer that contrary perspective and they're just shot down, oh, you're being, you know, the worry ward again, 
or you're seeing stuff from the watchtower that isn't really there, then they're going to quickly, you know, hold their opinions to themselves and you've lost, then lost that great contribution. Yeah. I think absolutely. that was the only thing I would add to your, um, your wonderful um, uh, description of what the contribution could be for have deliberative balance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of some other things that we had looked through when we were reading like the deeper definition of the Clifton yeah. Strengths theme. And it got into that, like, there was a little more reserved, right? Um, yeah. Can maybe hold off on praise and recognition and how yeah. that can be, um, how that works into this. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Especially so, especially from the team leader's perspective. Right. So we've talked a little bit about the sort of the best contribution that the literature can, can uh, offer. I think there's some ways where the literature can um, hold the team back. And there are two. One you just started to highlight, which is if the team leader is, uh, has deliberative talents, then they may be less likely to uh, roll out the praise and the recognition and offer that on a regular basis. Because one of the tendencies of those that have deliberative talents is that they want to see sort of a track record of right success or progress before offering tons of recognition praise. And you and I both know, and I think we're sharing here, that the research shows that recognition and praise should be shared fairly regularly, often, and early. And so even if somebody is making incremental small progression steps, it may not immediately hit the radar of somebody with deliberative talents it is still forward progress that should be recognized and praised. And so the concern is that if it's a team leader and they're holding that, um, that praise and that recognition, you can see massive uh, impacts to diminished employee engagement and diminished well-being. And particularly when we're recording this in 2022, that's a massive issue right now uh, with employee retention and even getting people onto your team. Are they going to be recognized? Are they going to be praised? Do you have my well-being in mind? I think that that's one place where deliberative can cause a, a bit of a hiccup um, or be a bit of a negative contribution to a team, if not, um, if you're unaware of it. Well, I think, I think you made a really good point. I'm just going to stop in to say, yeah. like, it's that incremental improvements. So these don't need, you know, and that's, that's a lot about deliberative. We, like we want to see big improvements and we want to see the track record. Absolutely. Like we want to know that like you're really getting it, but those incremental steps too are so important. And if that's all you see, that still needs to be recognized. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I'm sorry, yeah. your other one. Oh no. The other one is just that, and this, this applies whether you're in a team lead uh, team leader position or not, is that somebody with deliberative talents, if they don't have people around them that can provide the support, that trust, is that those with deliberative talents could cause the team to go too slow. They're so worried about the risks. You know, you were talking about almost standing still sometimes mm -hmm. in your own indecision. If then you, that, you then apply that to a team situation and you have one person that's kind of holding up the whole team, then the team doesn't go anywhere. You're not just the one standalone person standing still. 
now you've got a whole team around you that can't make any forward progress. Um, I think right. some people might refer to that as sort of the stick in the mud. Um, and whether it's <laughs> coming from a negative or positive place, it's that still you're not going anywhere. And so right. having people around deliberative that can say, okay, it is okay if we don't know everything, everything, or yes, we'll get to that bridge and we are prepared to cross that together and we'll tackle that challenge. As long as you're giving that trust, that awareness to somebody with deliberative talents, then you can start to get them in motion. Um, just yeah. depending on those deliberative talents by themselves is dangerous. Well, and I think so. it's really, really good you brought up the, the difference between like using this talent by yourself versus using it like in the context of a team. When, yeah. when we think about it's just affecting me, we don't think about what this is doing to the rest of the team. So you're like, okay, I'm not on board. I don't like what we're doing. I'm not gonna do my part. Like I'm not moving because this is a bad idea. But now your inability to move forward or at least even share the information that you have, whether it's listened to or not, that's another thing. Like just having that trust and being able to have that trust to, to put that stuff out there and others to listen. Your, your inability to move forward affects other people. So our, our strengths aren't just in a bubble. Like they're not just like just with us and we get to talk about them and be all fine and dandy. But as soon as they touch another person, that's when we see the, the dynamics play out, right? And you just, you just mentioned that perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jen, is there anything else you want to add to anything we've talked about so far? I mean, we've covered a lot of the basics around both individual and team application or awareness. Is there anything else you want to, you want to offer? I think, I think we had a, a conversation yesterday about some of the, um, the differences in making the decision, like that, that we are kind of the break to some of the decisions yeah. that are happening, um, and how they affect things. So I think I talked to you yesterday, even about how, like my decision and what we're doing, it's about like, how can we move forward? But depending on your other Clifton Strengths themes, that might come from a different place. Something else might motivate you. Whereas my motivation is definitely in the like, okay, how can we make the decision so that we can move forward? But what if you have some other, you know, like relationship building themes, for instance? Yeah, I think that comes back to, I think it's a great point. And I think it comes back to your, your the, um, the themes in which sort of domain they come out of. We talked about, about, you know, are you assessing risk as it might impact people, process, mm -hmm. and that's really where it gets into, you know, where where is that coming from, and what other talent themes are are playing. Uh, you mentioned at the top of the show that uh, both you and I have responsibility and deliberative, and so a lot of my deliberative. Uh, thought processes is going back to our our lived experience with it uh, at the individual level. My deliberative is making sure that I'm looking forward to making sure I can deliver everything I've promised. And if I have a task due in a week or two or at the end of the month, what are the intermediate steps that I need to make sure I address so that I have the information or the answers for a coming conversation? to make sure that the, the end project gets done. Yeah. And I know that you've talked about your deliver impact intersecting with a couple of your other themes like belief, mm -hmm. um, making sure that you're addressing it more from 
Uh, are are we doing the right things, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's that why. It's oh, it always comes back to the why for me. Which I, it's funny that that's in my you know top top five, but then the, yeah. the number three that is the why. It's like doing the right things at the right time for the right reason that that I'm not just spinning my wheels. Yeah. And yeah, my deliberative can definitely be the stick in the mud if I feel like that's where it's going. <laughs> right. Right. And so, um, yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time. I'm just thinking, do you have yeah. maybe two or three summary points that maybe a team leader or colleague should walk away with and thinking about, you know, how they're addressing their deliberative colleagues? I, definitely to give them time understand that they have thought through the risks or they will, if you give them enough time with the decision, um, that they will really work through those, those potential risks. And they might not have the answer for them too. I know a lot of our, you know, things nowadays, it's, if you come, if you come to me with a problem, please also come with the solution. Sometimes they might not have the solution right at hand, but if you give them the opportunity to come up with those questions, they can put it to the team and, and really have the team, come together to find those the right solution. So really that honoring that, that they need the time to work through the issues and, and then really just understanding that they have the, the best intentions and that this doesn't come from a negative place. Excellent. Do you have anything to add? No, those are gonna be mine. That's, you know, providing them trust, providing them time and providing them information. I think those are the three that I really come back to on a regular basis and particularly around the information one is that Mm -hmm. they often are not trying to dig into confidential information or information beyond their scope for just, you know, giggles. They're actually trying to piece together the broader impact um, because it is about addressing those concerns further down the track. So it's looking at the grander scope of something. So I think that that's something that uh, leaders and team members really need to be aware of. They're not trying to get into your business. They're trying to understand the grander context. Um, right. And so that would be the only thing I would add to the three wonderful summary points. You just had. Okay. And so with that, I think we're going to end this show. We hope that everybody will come back. And this is our first episode. We'll be addressing some of the other town themes in the coming weeks and months. And with that, we're going to wish you well. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye.